This is a podcast by The Business Times, presented by UOB. It almost feels as though the COVID-19 pandemic is a thing of the past, but its one legacy seems to have been saying farewell to full-time on-site work. Friend or foe depends on to whom you speak, also on the rise, the startup culture, shunning the corporate culture and many being attracted to flexible work arrangements, a casual work environment. And let's not go down the road of generational stereotypes when the future of finance and the future of work are at stake. For more insights, we speak to Dean Tong, Head of Group Human Resources, UOB. Welcome to the Business Times Future of Finance podcast, Dean. Thanks for having me. And I know it's hard to imagine, given the kind of impact it had and still has globally, but let's say the pandemic didn't happen. You think that hybrid working model would have ever taken off? I think it will, but it'll be quite slow, slow burn to get there. And for some organisation, probably never. So for UOB, I think uh, we will eventually get there, but it'll probably take us a decade before we can actually get there. Had the pandemic not happened? Yes. So where are you guys now? So we have implemented our hybrid working. We are allowing employees to work up to two days a week at home and the rest are in the office. So this is really the balance that we are actually looking for. And we have implemented it since the pandemic. In fact, UOB was the first bank in the market to have uh, introduced this full-time flexible work arrangement. Was it challenging to come to that decision to find that balance you were talking about? Well, we took the opportunity of the pandemic to build a case. And the pandemic gave us the uh, platform to actually test this at the scale that we have never done before. And that gave comfort to the management to say, yeah, I think it's something that we can consider full-time. And uh, we went ahead with that. In fact, during the pandemic itself. So moving forward, Gen Z, which will make up about 25% of Asia-Pacific's population in a few years, they seem to gravitate towards this way of working, right? So how important do you think it is that workplaces embrace this way of working? To be very honest, when we implemented the flexible work arrangement, Generation Z was not the primary concern for us. We were really looking at providing purpose and balance at work. There was something that we have already been grappling with even before the pandemic. We observed that you know, some people you know, they have to drag themselves to work you know, Monday to Friday in order to finance their activities over the weekend. That's not the way to live one's life, right? So how can we actually bring more balance? And this flexibility provides the psychological freedom, if you will, right? that you can actually spend up to four days at home and only three days in the office. So hopefully that, you know, that will free up people from thinking that I'm doing the work because I choose to do the work and not because I have to do the work. So that was really actually the start of it. Now, of course, you know, the Generation Z is very fond of this, but I also have a word of caution for the new generation, right? I think it's very important to learn from actually working with colleagues uh, closely in the office. This is part of the apprenticeship. Of course, the flexible arrangement will provide the additional balance for them. What's really important is that they find the purpose at work. You know, with that purpose, then you can actually get your balance and, and that can be either in the office or from home. And that's what we're looking for. So everything has to be done in a balanced manner. It's not just them, right, Jen said. You're saying you observe some of your colleagues dragging themselves to work. Any chance you could tell us what demographic they were from, what generation they were from? But we shouldn't stick to stereotypes, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, it happens across the board. The worst segment, if you will, are people who do not like their job, but they have nowhere to go. 
then you have no choice but to drag yourself to work every day. So instead of doing so, one has to really step back and look at why you're doing what you're doing. Right? In fact, I even openly encourage people to say, if you don't find your meaning at work at UOB, then perhaps UOB is not even the right place for you. So this is actually very important for us, for the uh, mental health, as well as physical health of our employees. This is just one of the things that helps out, right? This sort of work-life balance, work from home, flexible work arrangement, and it's really benefited many. For example, the caregivers in the sandwich generation, their young parents, anyone who has refocused on that better work-life balance. So I'd like to zero in on those caregivers, aging parents, young children. Why was that something that UOB wanted to focus on? So beyond the flexible work arrangements, uh, what else has UOB implemented that's really helped them? Well, we have uh, several programs that we have implemented. One is we have a flexi tool on top of the uh, flexible work arrangement that we have. What it means is that every uh, month, you know, we actually give them uh, two hours back to actually just run your errands. Right? This is really something that they don't have to uh, maybe report in to say you know, what exactly they're doing. But this is really for them to uh, run their own errands. Oh, in people, the middle of the workday. For the middle of the workday. Yep. I mean, they can actually take that time off. Oh, dental appointment, that sort of thing. Absolutely, okay. right. And then uh, for those people who really cannot even come into work for two days a week, we have also implemented Geek Plus U, which is our gig employment that we allow the staff that you work completely from home. And in fact, they don't even have to work full-time. They can work a few days in a week or even a couple of months in a year. For some of those who actually meet the criteria, we even extend our medical benefits to them as well. Still to come, dealing with the changing priorities and sentiments of the workforce. More with Dean Tong from UOB in a moment. This episode of Future of Finance is presented by UOB. And now, back to our podcast. We've been speaking to Dean Tong, Head of Group Human Resources at UOB. Dean, what are some of the other solutions UOB has implemented to better cater to those changing priorities and sentiments? Now, I was just talking about our Geek Plus U program before. I think this is something that we know many caretakers have actually left the workforce because they just could not cope with the demand from work, even with a flexible work arrangement. So this allows the flexibility for those who still want to come back to contribute to the work environment, a model that will actually work best for them. And it is also a win for UOB because you know, we are able to tap into the experiences of many of these people who unfortunately have to leave the workforce as a result. And over the last couple of years where there was a very tight demand for staff, you know, this actually unleashed a new pool of talent that we would not have otherwise been able to tap into. Mm. Do you take into account, say, employees' expectations? Have you gone to the ground to figure out what they may be? It's challenging to please everyone. Absolutely. And that's not our plan to please everyone either. Uh, we do run our yearly engagement survey with our employees. We also do a number of pulse checks during the pandemic period to really try to understand what are some of the challenges that our staff were facing with. So the solution that we have come up with are things that we want to make sure that we sustain them over a period of time. You know, this is not something because someone else is doing it, therefore we are copying it. And this is something that I also urge many organisations to think very carefully you know, as we implement some of this flexibility. I mean, today, we can already see that many of the organisations which have actually advocated you know, some of this flexibility are now pulling back because they're finding that the extreme case doesn't work because you, know, you still need people to come back from time to time to build the culture of the place. 
many of the work that we do require collaboration and to do this collaboration just from home itself can be actually very difficult. So that balance is something that's very important to sustain this over in a long period of time. What sort of advice can you give people or business owners as they try to implement that balance? Because it's not a one-size-fits-all. What works for you will be may not work for someone else. But general advice, Dean. Absolutely. What should take priority, so to speak? I think the organisation, the manager, as well as the employees, they all have a role to play in this. From an organisation perspective, hybrid working is something that is more difficult than purely when everyone's working from home or everyone's working in the office. When we were all working from home, we were all on either Teams or Zoom, so the playing field was level, if you will. So no one's missing out anything. But when you have hybrid working, where you have a number of people working in the office and they're drawing on the board, whereas some of your employees are actually working from home and trying to really listen in, this is where some people might feel that they're missing out. And if after one or two meetings, they feel that they are no longer seen as contributing as much, they might feel pressured to actually come back to the office. So in order to avoid situations like this, every meetings that we have, we need to cater for this hybrid working. That means everyone who's actually participating, they need to turn on their video because you really cannot observe the body language, but at least you can actually see that over the video. And anything that we draw on board, now there's technology today that you can capture that and get that presented over Teams as well so that you ensure people are able to follow the conversation. So it actually requires a lot of deliberate effort and investment in some of the infrastructure, understanding from manager that there are times when employee needs to work from home and employees need to understand that there are times when they might be called back to work even during the preferred work from home days. If we can have the understanding, I think this is something that we can preserve for, for a long, long time. Really coming to the fore, flexible, the word, right? Yes. What else can job seekers expect from UOB in terms of a forward-thinking culture and work environment? Truth be told, we had a session with our CEO here at SPH Media yesterday. Someone suggested unlimited leave. Hmm. What do you reckon, Dean? <laughs> well, that is a double-edged sword. Eh? Be very, very careful with what you wish for. I came from an environment where I actually had unlimited leave. What happened is that people end up taking fewer days of leave than the entitled ones. And the reason being, you will be seen as a slacker if you're taking more than your fair share, especially for work where you have to work in teams and everyone needs to contribute. There will be this uh, social pressure, if you will. So for some employees, they will feel guilty for taking too many days. And if you take too many days, you might also feel that you know you might be perceived as the slacker within a group. So there are just many, many different factors coming to play. So I think in some organization it might work, especially smaller ones where you can have a greater understanding. But it comes with a lot of downside as well. So that's just a word of caution that I would actually put out there. Now coming back to UOB and what else can we actually do for the employees and looking forward, the whole growth aspect is actually something very important. This is about reskilling upskilling and we know that we're entering into an age where you know what you study in a university can get outdated very quickly in two to three years time so how do you make sure that employees actually keep up to date and this is where you know we're spending tremendous amount of resources to keep our staff up to date we have a program called better you and when we first launched that about four to five years ago it was actually focusing on five areas and these are areas of soft skills in fact in my mind the things that will actually stay relevant for a much longer period of time are the softer skills, not the hard skills. Give us an example. Growth mindset, for example. 
Now, many people, especially those who are actually of more senior age, they feel that it's too late to learn now, right? I mean, it's very hard to make adjustment. But if you start off with this mindset, then you actually will not take the effort to relearn. In fact, I would encourage many people that if you are open to learning, not too late to pick up many of the skill set that we have. So the first thing that we have to embed in many of our employees is that learning is a lifelong habit and there's no stopping doing so. In fact, if you can enjoy learning, it's even better. So growth mindset. Second one is digital awareness. You need to know what's happening around you. I think most recently with generative AI. Now, this is actually touching almost everyone in the organization. If you are fearing it, then you know you see this as an enemy. But if you are embracing it, then you can see how can that actually help you with doing your work. And there are many administrative work that we don't like as part of our daily job. Those things, you know, we can actually leverage technology to help us with. The third one, which is actually very important, is structured problem solving. And this problem solving, no matter how big or how small, will be very relevant. Many Can people, these things be taught though, Dean? Absolutely. Can I, they be learned? I actually yeah. came from an industry where we sell problem solving. And uh, many of the people who actually go into the organization, I came from a consulting background, right? You actually taught to do problem solving from day one. And there's a structured way of doing so, making educated guests and changing your answer as you find new evidence. So can be trained for sure. Then the fourth area is data storytelling. You know, you can actually do the best job in the world, but if you are not able to communicate what you have done and, and engage your audience in that, it will be of very little value. So we have to train this from young and in fact, you can get better with more training over time. And last but not least, human-centered design. Whatever we do, you, know, you must actually have the empathy to understand how that will affect your customers or in our case, our employees. And if we work like a robot, we will be replaced by a robot. So this is actually our differentiator. If we can continue to cultivate this, you know, this will really help us stay relevant. Now, these five areas is the foundational causes, if you will. And people will need to continue to build on it to get better at it. After we have done this, we have laid the foundation, then we actually offer the deep dives. Three years ago, we launched data analytics and project management, and more recently, AI and so on and so forth. And this is something that it will not stop. It will continuously sort of introduce new programs to that. But the foundation is something that's very important in order for you to open to learn all these new skills. Thank you so much for your insights today. You're most welcome. That's Dean Tong, Head of Group Human Resources at UOB. I'm Howie Lim. We look forward to sharing more in the next episode as you navigate the future of finance. This episode of Future of Finance was presented by UOB. This is a podcast by The Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.